now that we've shut down the Patreon and we're no longer putting out new episodes over there, we wanted to put some of the old episodes out here on the free feed. But due to how old some of them are, we wanted to provide a little bit of context before each episode. So this episode was recorded on June 10th, 2021, and it is John and I going over how things often don't go how you plan them to go in the beginning. Welcome back. Uh, episode number 12. Uh, be here, John. Excited to be here chatting with you as usual. You are uh, my favorite moment of every Thursday. Wow. I do feel special and I am excited to be here as always. Um, you know, I uh, really do enjoy these, uh, these, these episodes and it's great to kind of, you know, take some time out from the week and the, the sort of uh, consistent grind, if you like, to just, uh, you know, think about things a bit more freely. You know, our, our chats always get me thinking about all sorts of different things. So, On a personal note, uh, you're probably going to be doing one of these alone or we're skipping a week here soon. We've had like multiple, today's going to be the day that I'm going to have my son, um, including today, uh, was going to be, um, and it didn't happen. So, uh, but at some point, uh, obviously he has to come out. And so, uh, probably that week I'm, I'm going to either let John do a solo show or we can just skip that week or something or, uh, or try to hit a different day or something. But, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, honestly, earlier today, I thought today might be the day based on her text, but it, it is not once again. Ooh, so, solo show. Wow, I could get on my soapbox for like an hour. Mm. With no one to stop me. Power. What, would you talk, what would you talk about if you, <laughs> if you, if you did one alone? Like for me, I think I'd just rant on SEO. Where, what, would you, what would you rant about if you had the opportunity? Um, hey, what would I rant about? I'm, I'm usually, people, people who listen to me a lot know I like to rant sometimes. About all sorts of different things. Um. Yeah, I, you know, for me, I'd probably talk more about. Um, like, I, I think a, a lot of the stuff I'm very interested in at the moment is more sort of on the personal development side. I think, of being a business owner, business leader, if you like, um, and that's kind of. I mean, we've mentioned it on the show before, like kind of where, I see a, a lot of people's biggest gains coming from, like doing work there rather than you know, what's your latest marketing strategy kind of thing. Um, so I, I get really interested in that stuff at the moment, I think. Uh, mindset, all that sort of mm. sort It shows of up for all you know of us. I mean? uh, yeah, it shows up for all of us. A good friend of mine messaged me this morning asking for some help on some stuff he was doing. He's been in the game a while and doing very, very well. And, uh, you know, he mentioned imposter syndrome multiple times in his message to me. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it never goes away. You know, it's always there. And uh, I, I certainly struggle with uh, quite a few different things. So, um, yeah, I could probably yeah. rant on that stuff. Too, yeah. But it ends up getting yeah, it like, fun. It, it's deep, right? You like you, you yeah. got to be in a, in a space where you're with people you're comfortable around in order to take some of those deep dives sometimes. Yeah, that's right. And, and I asked... I don't know if you saw, I asked a, a question in one of the Facebook groups I have. Um, and the question was like, what's your biggest fear in business? And um, I think every single person's answer was different. I was actually surprised. I thought a lot of people would say the same thing, but there are all sorts of different responses. Uh, it was, was interesting. I saw that. We should actually, we should probably make an episode out of that. 
uh, and just kind of go through their answers and talk through how probably at some point in all of our journeys we had each one of those fears um, and maybe how we... Oh, totally. Yeah, I looked at some of the answers and I was like... And and it was actually something like a thought-provoking thing for me. Um, You know, I I posted the question just to sort of help people share and kind of so we could all see what everybody was thinking about in that space and, and kind of recognize that we're actually share a lot of the same fears and stuff and kind of like as a support thing for people. And I read a lot of the ones and I was actually like, yeah, I actually remember feeling that myself, you know, um, and I, I completely wasn't even recognizing it sort of thing or, or I remembered being in that place. And yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was a cool exercise to go through. Yeah, that's in your – so if you haven't joined, John has a group called Dropship Tribe. Uh, I think that's kind of your high-level group, right, uh, people that – No, that's uh, that's just my f- sort of um, free. Anyone can join who's interested in dropshipping kind of group. Um, it's not not connected to anything, actually. It's just – one. I, that was the first Facebook group I started to do with uh, to do with dropshipping. Like, you know, it, originally it wasn't even to do specifically with dropshipping. It was just more about e-commerce. started that one like a couple of years ago, I think. Or maybe more. Well, I see some familiar yeah. names in there that are definitely listening right now, and, and some that are not. So if you uh, uh, if you're not in that group, go join it. Group slash group slash yeah. Dropship Tribe on Facebook. All the cool kids are in there, man. Speaking of Facebook, I got a, a wonderful message uh, this week from from John Murphy. We've 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 shouted him out a few times on this uh, on this uh, this podcast, uh, mentioning that he's done something cool with his store. Um, and so he actually reached out and said, I'm just going to read this. Hey, Ben, I just want to send you a short message and say thanks. I listened to every podcast episode on a recent podcast where you guys mentioned offering a free gift, but not just any gift, but find a distributor of products you can buy at wholesale and have them ship it to your customer. That got me thinking, and I came up with something that could really elevate my brand. You remember I sent a, an e-bike uh, to Chad Mendez while he has a product that goes well with game meat. So uh, we've mentioned John before. Uh, I won't mention his URL, but basically he shifted selling e-bikes to everybody to shifting to e- selling e-bikes to hunters and has really mastered that. Uh, and so he reached out to Chad Mendez, who has a brand selling rubs and spices for game meat. Uh, his brand, the provider life is still very small. So I suggest that I offer his product to my customers that I then order from his website with an agreed upon discount. My customers receive a cool gift from Chad Mendez. Chad gets access to a lot more customers, maybe repeat customers and grows his brand. My brand is elevated by Chad, allowing me to use his image to promote the offer on my site. It's a win, win, win. He even offered to do some promotion on his social to tell everyone about the free gift with purchase. And how cool is that? That I am now friends and business partners with Chad Money Mendez, former, I believe, lightweight or bantamweight uh, UFC champion. Uh, Yeah, that is uh, cool. Um, First off, like just way to take action, like way to take action off. Off, off, off anything like if you heard that from us and you took action that's that's even cooler i would assume you got this started before us but man way to take action um i'm a big fan of that entire team out there or, or i was when Dwayne bang was the coach um so cool that you're partners with uh chad money mendez um and then look i think there's some cool stuff you can do here but i wanted to shout you out first and just say like you know kudos to you for taking action um but i think um maybe we might have some advice for him. what do you think john do you got any advice yeah, I think so. And uh, just to follow on there, Chad was the featherweight, featherweight. in the in the UFC. Um, <clears throat> yeah, look, I, yeah, I mean, amazing to take that action and just to get that ball rolling so quickly um, and, and to just pick up an idea and run with it. And I think 
take anyone who's listening, take inspiration for that. That's exactly what you should do. Um, but uh, just just start doing something in the space. I think, yeah, I think what John's doing, it's 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 a great thing to do. It you probably tweak it a little bit, right? So um, and probably take it a bit further. Now, I'd, I'd definitely say, um, look, if the dude's offered to do like promotional stuff for your business, you should definitely take him up on that. Like, I don't know if at the start of a relationship, you ne necessarily want to ask for that and make it about that. But, um, you know, because this could be obviously a relationship that lasts for quite some time um, and, and get more better and better over time. So, but if the dude's like, Hey, you know, I'd be happy to give you some shout outs and, and put some posts about this offer on, on my, uh, to, to my audience. Um, and presumably he's got quite a large audience. Um, you know, then you should definitely take him up on that. I think because the offer's there. Right. Um, uh, but I think what we were kind of talking about before is, you know, you, you've also got to remember that, you know, it, it sounds like, um, like the, putting that offer to, like giving that offer to your pr prospective customers is obviously it's a win for it's a win for John because you know he's he's got an extra incentive for people to to buy um, that his competition doesn't have. So it's a great point of difference for sure, as well as just doing doing something cool for your customers. Um, but uh, it's probably um, I think I think that that arrangement is probably weighted a little bit more in Chad's benefit, right? Because his product's a, obviously a um, consumable product. So, you know, this is, this is the sort of D to C thing rather than he's not drop shipping this stuff. And uh, so he's acquiring customers for pretty much nothing. Right. Um, and so John's by going into this relationship, I guess John's growing his, his, uh, his audience uh, and sending him customers um, at, a, at a super low cost. Um, and over time, you know, that's, that, that could be worth a lot of money to Chad. So, I mean, I'd probably say I'd be, and I don't know, Ben, you might have some thoughts about how you, how you go about this, but I, I, what we were talking about before, and I agree, is I think that, that, that bottle of stuff that John's giving to his customers to buy the e-bike or whatever should, should really be coming for free. From Chad, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think either. Well, look, I'd, I'd want to foster the relationship, so I'd, I'd try not to get super yeah. transactional, and it, it's tough not to like ask for things. Uh, but like, could you get it for? Should he be sending it for free? Could he overproduce one of them? Uh, obviously, he's going to want to see results. If you were paying for it, I hope you're paying like you know, co literally cost, right? Like um, free for them, and then totally, you should have like uh, whatever the name of your store is. A discount coupon that he ships with that bottle, uh, so it shows up and says, "Hey, mm. next time you want to order, thanks for thanks for ordering from you know John's store. Um, if you decide you love this rub, come back and, and and order more using this discount code, right? He should and, and you should have an affiliate offer on there, um, so that if they come back, that you you also you know can take a piece of the pie and you guys can work together. I would definitely take him up on those social media posts, like the Foul Life TV has one hundred and eleven thousand followers. Uh, they're partners on that business, and uh, it would be cool for them to mention it. Or again, that free bike that you sent them, uh, maybe they can do a, a podcast or a television episode or a social media little. Uh, get together of them actually using the bike and 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 picking up the birds they shot um 
and, and Chad himself has 775,000 followers. So uh, I would take him up on it. I would try not to make it transactional um, and, and see mm. how you guys can work together to to build content, right? It's more than just putting his face on your website. Uh, content's the name of the game. And so uh, what, what can you – how can you make his life easier while also getting uh, some content for you to use in your remarketing or in your emails or things like that? Yep. But uh, cool, like so, so cool, yeah, right? So like, cool. Uh, like this, this would work. You know, it works for John. He's he's selling e-bikes meant for hunting, uh, and he's super niche down. Like you know, I used to own a pellet grill store. This would be perfect for uh, you know partnering with a a rub company to to send this along with uh, with the, with the pellet grills because there's you know the, the reorder opportunity there. Uh, we could send it from our site and get them to reorder from our site. There's the, there's so many opportunities in everybody's business to do things like this, and so a huge shout shout out to to John Murphy for taking action and, and doing it uh, it's easy to think about it's easy for john and i to to riff ideas every week uh but we're not the ones out there taking action you guys are and so kudos john for taking action yeah and i think it's also it's also important not to like i mean it's easy in this situation to think uh look you know when, when you're building the relationship is to think like that dude's got a much bigger following than me like it kind of feels like he's much bigger than me you know um and and all of that sort of stuff but um, and, and so I, I shouldn't sort of, I should view that relationship as less than equal. Um, and I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I don't think you should think about it that way. Like, yeah, that dude might have a big social media following, but that really doesn't mean that much. Like, yeah, he might have 775,000 people following him on social media, but I guarantee you at least half of those do not pay attention to his shit at all, ever. Probably even less than that to be honest, are actually a lot less than that. Are like truly sort of devoted when he posts something, they actually take any action on it. Whereas if you've got a site, and I know John's got a site that generates a lot of traffic these days that are very targeted around his particular market, which overlaps there, your audience is probably in terms of engagement is probably just as good, right? And so you're actually not on the back foot there or, or at a sort of lower level, I think. I think you'll find that, you know, it's it's a pretty even playing field, but um, at the moment you're kind of sending him customers for nothing, uh, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, he's not having to pay for those customers, and uh, you know, so this is actually like a really big thing for him as well. Because to go out and acquire customers for his rubs company or whatever, he's going to largely be paying for a lot of that as well. Like, if he wants to grow it, he's got to pay for it. Um, and you've offered him a, a, a channel to, you know, basically get those customers at, at just discounting his products. That's like nothing really. So it's super cool to see the other side. Chad is probably used to having the better end of every bargain, right? Cause he's probably getting peppered with people who want to give him free shit so that he posts on social media. So, you know, continue uh, working that relationship, John, and continue working together. So that it, it is a win, 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 win. Uh, my only advice to you after John mentioned, I went and looked uh, like his last post has, 1500 likes uh 2000 likes 3000 likes 1700 likes he's got 775,000 followers uh where he is getting the engagement his videos 105,000 views 33,000 views 40,000 views so uh if i was going to work together with him on something i would want to do some sort of video promotion um even if it's just like short clips of him riding the e-bike 
carrying birds on the back uh, or carrying his game on the back, any of that thing, uh, the videos are going to uh, work better. And, and for you, it would fill a ton of the top of the funnel, I think, for you. It, it would build awareness to the fact that uh, this is something going on in the hunting world that, uh, you know, honestly, until I met you, John, I didn't even know this existed uh, or that this was a thing for hunting. And, and uh, obviously, you're doing well. Obviously, it works very, very well for the intended purpose. And so uh, I would work on trying to fill the top of the bucket or, or you know, do a little video to make awareness and, and, and have them send send them to someplace on your site with like the very top of the funnel where they where they can get started and, and you can capture emails yep yep it's awesome it's all great and uh yeah there's there's so many opportunities with this stuff i, I was I just dropped off there a second i was just standing and thinking about a couple of other uh stores that i've been looking at and just thinking yeah, some good ideas there. <laughs> if you ever wonder why John is taking a long pause, he's literally staring off into nowhere, uh, just lost in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I tend to be, uh, you know, uh, people. People, I, I, I get talking to you Americans, and you're always like, John, you speak so slowly. Mm. I'm like, it's because I think before I speak. <laughs> you really do speak slow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's an Aussie thing, I think. We're a bit. We talk slower, you know, relax. It's because you're six beers deep by this time in the morning. <laughs> it's like 7.30 a.m., dude. Even uh, even in my prime, that uh, might have been a bit of a stretch. <laughs> well, uh, cool. Again, shout out to you, John Murphy. Let's, uh, let's jump into what we were going to talk about today, John, which is uh, you graciously filled out all of the episodes moving forward, and uh, this was something that you feel – uh, you hear a lot uh, from from beginner uh, dropshippers. Yeah, totally. So uh, looking back uh, a few episodes ago, we were sort of working our way through, you know, we've been talking about, I think this goes back to about episode six um, or, or somewhere around there. We talked about, so you, you start your high ticket dropshipping business, you, you know, or, or a new high ticket dropshipping business um, and you're, you launch it. You, most of us were launching, you know, with Google ads, Google shopping ads and, all that sort of thing, you know, pay-per-click ads. Um, and, you know, lots of people get to that point. They, they've launched, they've started getting traffic. They've probably started getting a few sales. You know, they're getting inconsistent sales. And where a lot of people kind of hit their first, I guess, big roadblock, if you like, is that they can get the traffic or they're getting some form of traffic, right? And if it's Google shopping, I mean, it's probably usually a bunch of bottom of funnel traffic. Um, and they really struggle with uh, producing profitable sales um, or, you know, increasing their conversion rate to the point where the sales can be particularly profitable and they can actually keep growing their traffic. Um, and a lot of people, a lot of people come to me at that point. Maybe they're a month or two in to their business or, or maybe even a little bit more. And they're like, I don't know what to do about this. Like, what should I do? What should I do next? How do I sort of, um, you know, I, I can sense I'm kind of right on the edge of growing or being able to grow more consistently, but I just don't quite know how to, you know, flip the switch a little bit further um, so that I can see sort of more consistency or, or a little bit more profit uh, so that I can have a bit more confidence about what, what you know, how, to, to keep pushing ahead or maybe throw a bit more money into it or whatever it might be. Um, and so I kind of wanted to have a chat about that. Like, um, 
where I think there's a few different things here, but like what, what would you do in that situation? What would we do in that situation is to sort of take, you know, your, your sort of early gains, if you like, with traffic and, and all your first sales and, and, and work towards making it a more uh, consistent thing or a more profitable thing um, for your business and, and for you. Um, because I think uh, even people listening, I, I'm pretty sure there's, you know, there's a few people who are, who are already in our audience for, for this show who I know are sort of in that position. They're a bit earlier in their business. They're feeling a lot of uncertainty. Um, they don't know if what they're doing is working or not. Um, and, and look, I mean, I think a bit of this comes down to expectations as well for some people. Um, but uh, I definitely think there's some, some, some things you can look at to... Uh, sort of boost things up for you a lot because I think people go around in this situation for a long time like I've seen people who they're at their they're at the, the end of their first 12 months and they're like oh you know I've made like 50,000 in sales this year um, and I'm still on that track like a lot of people just don't know what to do you know how to how to improve things I have some questions for you actually so uh, when you when you get these questions uh, from people early on and you and you coached a lot I think a lot more people than even I did John uh, early on when you get these questions are are they I don't even know how to ask this question like where where are they exactly at like they're, they're they've set up like the basic funnel that they've been taught in in Google shopping and that's yeah. all they've done at this point like I'm, I'm struggling whether to give advice uh, on like here's the steps I yeah, took yeah. order versus yeah. why it's clearly not working yeah, yeah. So, well, think about how most people at this point in time learn high ticket dropshipping, right? Or where they learn it from. Um, and that approach is, yeah, set up your site to, to a certain level, get some supplies, start running Google shopping ads with, yeah, a basic form of the, of the Google shopping funnel. You know, with the, uh, a lot of people just start off with two campaigns, like a high priority and a low priority, for example. Some people start off with the three um, and that's the, you know, the sort of funnel that we've talked a little bit about already on the show, um, uh, which most of our listeners would be familiar with. And, and that's about it, right? Because that's where most of the current advice on high growing one of these businesses stops from most people who, who, who teach it to people, basically. And that's why, I mean, that's part of the reason why a lot of people get to that point. And then they're just like, well, what do I do next? You know, because they don't know what to do next um, or, or nobody's shown them what to do next. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. That's literally it. Like so many people get to that point. They've got that Google shopping ads running. They're getting traffic from it, you know, maybe like, you know, 100, sort of 100 or so, 100 to 200 clicks a day kind of thing. Um, and, you know, making a few sales a week sort of thing, right? Um, and, and it's like, they're just like, well, what do I, what do I actually do here? It's a big, I mean, it's a big question, right? I get Yeah, I feel <laughs> like you question, could, right? <laughs> I feel like you could serve the answer out of a fire hose right back, right? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know where to begin with this, right? So like the... You know, uh, you know, not to shit on other courses. I'm, I'm sure are trying their best. And 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 John, I don't even know what's in your course. Like as as next steps. Like most of the courses I've seen tell you to get the funnel set up, and like that's it. And then on top of that, 
almost everyone I've ever coached doesn't even have the funnel done correctly. Um, and I struggle with this one because like, I get it. It just clicks in my head. I get it. And when I try to teach it, um, I see people struggling with trying to understand it. And so, um, I actually get frustrated trying to teach it over and over again because I, it, it seems so simple to me in my head and, and I'm struggling to get it across to people. And I don't know if you run into the same thing, John, but, um, that's, that's like usually where I start with people is well, let's go in there and clean up these ads in the first place because you're likely spending a shit ton of money you shouldn't spend. Uh, but on the flip side of that, you could like jump immediately to the website and say, Hey, you're getting some targeted traffic here. Why isn't that converting? Um, here's 97 reasons your website sucks. Uh, and then I could go into about 30 other things that they probably should be doing it. And so, um, I'm really curious where you think step one is John, because like, I wouldn't even like my, yeah. my, my step one would say, let's jump into Google ads and actually get this funnel set up correctly so that you're not just blowing money everywhere. Yeah. I think that, like, and, and I, when I was writing this, I was kind of thinking about, well, what do I normally, what am I normally talking to? Like, what, what do I end up normally telling people? Because I mean, I think part of the answer here, which, you know, obviously we're not going to talk about it, but I think part of the answer here is if you find yourself in that situation where you're like, yep, things have started and I can see some potential, but I really don't know how to improve things or how to keep pushing forward, um, get some advice. Go and talk to somebody who's done it before. I, I don't care if you're somebody you're paying, you're not paying, just somebody with more experience than you who's actually been through that and has grown a bigger business. Talk to them and get them to have a look at your site, get them to have a look at your, you know, what you're doing just because I think there can be a number of different reasons why. And I think there's some real commonalities. Like, so after all the people I've talked to about this, if I think about what do I normally end up talking to people about, there's definitely like three or four common things, right? Which, which I'll go over here, but sometimes there actually is just something going on specific to your market your niche your products whatever and you don't you're just not seeing that right and somebody with a bit more experience will see it or can see it quite quickly um and and point you in the right direction from there but certainly i think you know the starting point like if you're if you're at that point you know it, it really for me it's about a few things um as you said one of the first things you've got to do is is look at your traffic so i always i always say to people when, when you're trying to you know, find improvements in your business. You've got to start with what you've got, right? So at that point, what you've got is you've got traffic. So you've already got traffic. So you want to look there first. You know, the answer to this situation usually is not to go out and try and develop some new traffic source, right? Because if you've got traffic and it's not converting properly, you need to sort that out first, Right. Because there's no point going and chucking a ton more traffic at it because there's no reason that that'll do any better for you either. And it might just cost you time and money to do that. So yeah, definitely get in, look at those, you know, those Google campaigns or whatever traffic source you've started off with. You might have some Bing running as well or something like that. Um, and yeah, work out what's going on there. Make sure, and, and for me, you know, if you're starting off with Google Shopping, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. In, in some senses, you're, you're really just looking at primarily making sure that the, the traffic that you're getting uh, is good traffic, you know, like looking at the search terms um, and thinking about, uh, and I think we'll talk a bit about keywords in an upcoming episode, actually, which I know you love to geek out on, Benny. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, even as simple, I see a lot of people who are just getting the wrong search terms in their Google shopping ads. 
right? Or, or the wrong search terms in the wrong place for the wrong sort of money. Do you know what I mean? The wrong wrong sort of click. So getting in there and making that's working, making sure that's working properly is definitely the right starting point. Um, and so that's usually where I start with people is we'll go and look at that, go and look at their their Google ads, look a bit in their analytics account, see what's, see what's happening in there. Um, and, you know, make a call as to whether they're getting, you know, traffic that should be performing better for them when it ends up on their website um, or not. And, you know, I think the funny thing is that's what that that is where a lot of people go first, um, because another common question I get all the time is, oh, "I'm getting ads traffic and it's not converting." What's there must be something wrong with my ads. I don't know if you've ever heard that, right? And so you go and look at their ads, and there's nothing wrong with their ads. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, but you still got to start there. Now, if if you but if you learn how to do it properly from somebody, like in a course or something, then usually, I think some people do have trouble getting their head around the, the sort of shopping funnel stuff. But if you followed it step by step, most people don't actually have anything wrong with their ads, I don't think. I mean, yeah, I don't so know if you've seen I, something different. Yeah, I've seen the opposite, John. I'll just break down. Here's like a million things that I run into, right? Number one, like they don't have the country set up like correctly that they should be targeting. And then the like the extra setting of like, hey, I actually only want people who are in the country, not who are thinking about the country uh, or thinking about the state. Um, and so that, that's one of the first things I'll see is like target United States, don't target Alaska, don't target Hawaii, and make sure you're choosing people in and, and people out uh, as far as like the people you want to exclude and the people you want to actually attack, not people who are searching related to. Um, the second thing I'll see most often is like they don't have – the funnel set up correctly. So when I go in there and I'll see high priority and then I'll say, all right, so how are we pushing keywords from high priority to medium and from medium to low? Uh, oftentimes I'll get told, I don't know, uh, followed by other people who are like, yeah, I've got it set up this way and they'll show me. And it's just like super generic words that are phrase match. Um, and phrase match can get you in a lot of trouble. I've seen broad match. Um, personally, I like to start with only exact match. Uh, and I've done my keyword research on what my titles of my product should be so that I'm going to go back in there. And th that's exactly what I'm going to target. If I'm going to target only the bottom of the funnel, I'm going to get very, very granular, uh, to start with. Uh, the, the next thing I would see is, um, people using negative keywords in the wrong way. And so in Google AdWords, you can have negative keywords in an ad group. You can have negative keywords in a campaign. You can have negative keywords in lists that are uh, um, applied to campaigns. And I uh, oftentimes see people using negative keywords throughout all three of those and then not being able to go look back and say, hey, why is there this very generic term slipping through all the way to low? Uh, and when we go to troubleshoot, we have to look in, in a million different places. And so personally, I only put them, I, I separate every brand into its own ad group inside of the high, medium, or low campaign. And then I only put negative keywords inside that ad group unless I'm applying it to everything. Uh, and so I'll set up you know, a list that applies to all three, but not a list that applies to just one. Uh, and so th that's the typical things I've seen troubleshooting in Google ads. And honestly, it's, it, it, it's, you're right, John, it's, you go in there to look and see whether this is a conversion rate issue or whether this is a quality of traffic issue. Uh, and I would say in my own experience, it's been quality of traffic almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll just, I'll just reiterate something Ben just said there for, for terms that you need to apply to all three of your shopping campaigns, which is going to be, usually generic terms that, that, that are either too top of funnel at that point or they're just not relevant or whatever it might be, use a negative keyword list. 
right? Share in the shared library section of your ads account. Do not try and apply thousands of negative keywords to each of the three campaigns because every single time I've seen somebody manage their negative keywords in that way, they cock it up. They miss one here. They miss one in the next campaign. They miss a different one in the third campaign. It just causes leakage everywhere. And then you got to trawl through all these negative keywords repeatedly to try and find where the gap is. Whereas if you just put it in one negative keyword list that applies to all three campaigns, you cannot get it wrong. It's impossible. You can't get it wrong, right? And I actually think a lot of people don't use those shared negative keyword lists because certain courses out there that teach this don't tell them to. Um, so, yeah, I think. You know. Look, I learned from those certain courses myself, and then I learned like number one, like. Look, I I don't want to shit all over Michael Erickson, but his course is confusing as fuck. Uh, like I tried to learn it from there, and I, I was not successful. I've learned almost everything I've done through trial and error, and and I set things up accordingly because I've made so many errors. I've made all these errors that I end up helping people with, uh, and that's one of them. Is like not using a list to apply to all three, not isolating keywords to where they should belong, so that I can always troubleshoot easily. Like step one, step two. Here's you know troubleshoot every single time, and so. Um, yeah, I mean, I have my own very specific way, and I'll be honest, I haven't gone through your course, John, to know exactly how you tell people to set it up, but I bet it's similar, or if not close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much problem with people who take my course getting it right. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you, you got to look at your traffic. So you follow like this sort of, um, this order, right? And so, so a little thing that I really love um, it's called the 40-40-20 principle. Uh, and it was, uh, I don't know if I've spoken about this before on this show, but anyway, 40-40-20 principle was um, something that was come up with by a guy called Ed Mayer, um, who was a direct response marketer. I think he died in the 70s, right? I think I might have that wrong. Or he was active in the 70s. He was active in like the 60s, 50s, 70s or something like that. Uh, he came up with this principle, like, and, and of course, back at that time, people were doing like direct mail marketing and sort of that sort of thing, which is really the precursor to online marketing, right? So much of the stuff uh, holds true today. Um, and his, his principle was that when it comes to the chance of a conversion happening, right? And if you think of it like a 100% chance, 40% of the chance of conversion comes from the quality of uh, the, the targeting. So in our case, what we've just been talking about, the, the quality of, you know, your traffic in the online sense um, and how, you know, how, how well matched that is to what you're, where you're going to end up sending them. The second 40% of a chance of conversion happening has to do with what you're offering people when they get there, you know, so what, what are you actually offering to sell them and, you know, what, what goes along with that? We talked about in our last episode, of the, no, the episode before, I think, uh, we talked a bit about the idea of the offer and all of the things that's included in that. And then the 20%, the, the 40, 40, 20, the last 20 is about how that's presented to them, right? So in the sense of websites, it's like what your website looks like, right? So, um, and I reckon it's absolutely true. And so I use that equation to kind of work through things. So in this, in this scenario, um, yeah, I look at the quality of the targeting first, so as we said, we go and look into Google ads or wherever you're getting traffic from and make sure things are good there. If that's okay, and, and you haven't identified that as your problem, I mean, if you do identify problems at that point, then yeah, you fix them and then you give it a bit more time, right? And you, re you review your results after you've made some fixes and see if things get better. 
things aren't getting any better and you know your your targeting is good, right? Then you have to turn your mind to what you're actually offering to sell people, right? Um, and and how you and like what sits around the offer of the product, like you know, and that may come back to your pricing, your shipping, your risk reversal. So some things that we talked about in, as I said, a couple of episodes ago, and how that compares to the rest of your market, right? Because particularly if you're starting on Google Shopping, no one is looking at just your website when they're considering making a purchase. No one these days. Everybody is looking at more than one website when they want to purchase. So you can still be getting all the great traffic in the world, but if what you're putting out there in terms of your offer isn't up to scratch in comparison to the rest of your market, then you're not going to make the sales. You're just not. People are going to buy it somewhere else. They're going to buy it, particularly if you're getting bottom of funnel traffic. They're buying. They're just buying somewhere else. And so you've got to work through that, I think, is sort of the next step and just make sure that you're not missing something um, that your customers might expect to see that, or that they're seeing elsewhere in your market. And if possible, that you're doing something that looks better than what other people in your market are doing. Um, and look, I mean, that may come down to the, the sort of the free gift thing that we talked about with John, that he's, uh, that he's been working on with uh, uh, the, the, the UFC fighter dude, um, or it could be a whole range of other things. But that's sort of your next step. You've got to look at that um, and, and see if you can identify things there, right? But the other thing I'll throw in here as well at this point is I see also a lot of people have this problem where they started their business, they went into a market and they kind of got like five suppliers, let's say. And let's say we're talking about the US market here because that's that's where most people who are listening are going to be. They, they got a supplier list. They had like 40 or so names on it. They got five suppliers in their initial round of calls. Um, and they kind of stopped there and thought, well, I'll upload these products and I'll get them live. And, you know, and then maybe I'll come back down to that down the track if things are working out all right. And so they put those products from five suppliers out there. And they don't make many sales, right? And they're not making sales off those products. And they're, I think this is the extra dimension, is that often what I see is that people have got products on their site that not many people actually want to buy, right? So I don't, I don't know what you think about this, but I think in, in any like high ticket market. And I mean, I know you know this, but like you have like a 90-10 thing, like the 80-20 thing, but like a 90-10 thing at least where a small handful of your products drive a vast majority of your sales, right? And I think this is true in almost any market. There are a lot of products that just don't sell online. It doesn't matter how good a marketer you are, you're not going to sell them because it's not really what the customer wants. And so I see a lot of people who just get some brands and they stop there and they don't try and sell anything else, you know, in, in whatever their chosen market or niche is. And I think a lot of people are just stuck because they're not selling the right products in their market. And I've, I've experienced this myself um, where I added a couple of extra new brands to the site and sales went up like, can think of one example sales went up like five times in the space of a month just by adding a few new brands and those went on to be the best sellers of the site 
Whereas before that, I was kind of sitting there thinking, ah, is this a, is this site actually going to be a thing or not? You know what I mean? I think I, I would like to hear some examples, John, of what, what, you're, what you're saying in this point. Yeah, cool. So uh, I've, I've posted online about a site that I'm involved with that does, that has done, um, uh, well, last year it hit a million dollars in a month in revenue, right? Um, and it's up season. Now, those sales, the majority of those sales are coming from fixed products uh, across a couple of brands. Now, a year earlier, or just a bit more than a year earlier than that, that site was doing about 100000 a month in revenue without those brands on it. We put those brands on. So it was making sales. It wasn't doing bad, like hundred grand a month. You know, that's, that's still a decent little income there. Um, and it was selling products from, once again, a couple of brands. But, you know, there was nothing super exciting going on there. We literally put those additional brands on and those products just started going out the door. People were crazy for them. Um, people, you know, there was, there was a lot more traffic for those particular brands out there. And just the fact that we didn't have them on the site. Uh, and look, of course, there were other improvements that happened to the site and, you know, things that we put on it and, you know, extra marketing we did and whatnot. But literally none of those things would have explained such a significant increase in sales. Well, you and I have thought about like bronze, uh, silver and gold tier suppliers before. And if you haven't heard that, go back one of the previous episodes, we've definitely argued about that. Um, how does someone who has like, let's use the beginner here. They've never done any of this before. Right. And they followed a course, they got some products up on their site. They ran some ads. Uh, you know, the, the ones like think about in the beginning, most people don't call their suppliers, right? They'll email a few, uh, the ones who answer back on email, or you can just literally sign up on their site are, are pretty meh, uh, for brands usually. Um, but how does that beginner know if I, you know, that let, let's say they have five brands up your, your scenario, you just posed, they have five brands up. How do they know it's not the brands they should be carrying or that, that those five brands won't be part of the, you know, the 80, 20 or 90, 10, uh, by which sales roll in. Well, I'm not saying you'll know that initially. I guess where I was going to go with that was don't take your foot off the gas when it comes to acquiring more suppliers in your first 12 months. Just keep doing it. Like, why would you stop? Right? I mean, what, what, is one of the, what is one of the advantages of a high ticket dropshipping business as compared to other e-commerce businesses? You don't hold any stock. So there is no limit on this. Right? It's, it's one of your few advantages. I mean, you, you don't have to shell out for inventory before you can sell something. Right? So why wouldn't you take advantage of that? I, I actually think like, don't, don't be lazy. Don't go, oh, I've got five now. I can kind of kick back and let things run for a while. Keep getting them on there. Keep putting products on there and test them. And you know, if your next answer is going to be, well, that's going to create an SEO nightmare for you or something like that down the track. Yeah. So what you do is after 12 months, you don't sell stuff, take it off your site. Get rid of it lighten the load like you know i think a lot of people get trapped into thinking well i got supplies approved i have to keep them now forever and it's like no if they never sell for you after a certain amount of time you boot them right like i think you've got to you've got to keep trying to find um to find what works best for your particular site for your particular market for the customers you've got there i'm i'm a big fan of this and like i've seen it multiple times like 
people go down this path and they they just uncover stuff that they had missed that turns out to work really well for them, you know? So I, I think you just have to keep doing it. I, I'm not suggesting that there is necessarily a 100% way that you can know which brand is going to be a great seller for you. I don't think you can. So what that means is you're going to do some work and it may not have any immediate payoff or, or any, you might upload some brands and things and it doesn't work out for you. Um, but I think you just have to, you know, you just have to keep doing it. Um, and, and look, I mean, yeah, the, I, I still stand by my previous comments about the gold, silver, bronze thing. Um, bugger that. I, we just built it. We're just in the process of building a site in the, uh, engineering space products that fit into the engineering space. I'll use that as a broad category, not as no drop shipping currently. So no gold suppliers, apparently, right? Big international brands. Guess what? We're getting approved by all of them to do drop shipping, and none of them would classify as gold because you've got no reason to classify them as gold, but it's going to be great. The site's going to kill it, right? Um, so I stand by that. But all right, just, I'm, I'm going to pick your brain. Look, I'm, I'm sitting here learning as I'm listening, I, and I want to pick your brain because I'm sure everybody else is listening, asking these same questions, and if they're not, they should be because I'm smart. Uh, all right, so my question for you is like, how are – like? I don't believe that there's not like gold supply. Of course there is, right? It's it, to me that is the brands, the big brands in the in the in the in the niche. And so, have you seen in your experience um, when you've went and acquired yeah, other brands? Yeah, but it's not. Hold on, it's hold on. Bad. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, have you seen when you? Uh, so like, let's use that example. That one hundred k to a million a month or whatever. Yeah. Have you seen? that those brands they're bringing on are the big name brands or is it they just stumbled into a brand uh, that maybe wasn't one of the the bigger names in the industry? Uh, they're certainly not the biggest names in the industry. Um, they're not small names in the industry, um, but they're definitely not the biggest names. In that particular industry, like there are really big names, but they're commonly sold in you know, physical retail stores like across the country in big chain physical retail stores that you may know of, um, you know, and they are sold online, but, you know, they're not typically into the whole dropshipping thing. So, yeah, no, they're not the biggest names out there. I mean, if I, you, you would have never heard of them, right? Um, whereas some of the competitors you might have heard of, uh, some of the bigger name brands. But I, I don't think the gold supply thing is about the size of the brand. I mean, just because a brand is a big brand doesn't like when you think of from a high, from a dropshipper's perspective, a gold supplier should be one that's profitable, is good to work with, delivers products well. Just because it's a big brand doesn't mean you're getting better than a 10% profit margin. I've seen this. Like in the stores we built recently, big brands given out like razor thin margins to drop shippers. I look That's at it. A, it can't be a gold supplier. I look at it by volume though, right? Like, it, ah, yeah, but there's, there's a minimum. I don't care start, about volume. When you start, you're a parasite, right? And so you need to find keywords in order to attack them on Google shopping. Uh, and oftentimes that is the brand name and the product name that people are searching. Right. And so if you're, if you're out there carrying, uh, you know, some of the, what, what I would call bronze, the, the really lower tier brands, they just don't have a lot of volume. Nobody's going to Google and searching them. And so you're not going to show up when all you're doing is running ads. Yeah, but there's for me, there's a minimum when it comes to margins. And if we talk about margins, like I see brands that seriously, they're big, 
10%. Like even at volume, I don't care about that. Like I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I'm like just... I saw a dude, a, a student of mine, he got approved to sell a big brand right in his space just, just this week, actually. He was emailing me about saying, what the fuck do I do here? He got given a price list with like $1,500 to $3,000 products and they're offering to give him a margin of like $200 on those products or less, right? Now, you would say that's a gold supplier. I would say that's a waste of time. That's, that's not. And, and you don't know that until you get approved with them, right? right. Because but you can't they, call them up and say, give us they, your price list. But they would be at the top of my list to reach out to to find that information. I'm not arguing with that. Like, I'm not selling shit for fucking 10% margins. I, I hope nobody is listening to this call. You shouldn't be. Uh, at minimum, you should be like, uh, you know, hollering back again, this, this kind of relates back to what you said in the, in the beginning of this call to John Murphy about how, uh, you might feel that you aren't on the same level relationship wise with Chad Mendez. When you're first starting your dropshipping store, you're probably saying, oh, I'm not on that same level as those companies. Fuck. Yeah, you are. You're doing them a service. And so, uh, if they're offering you 10 or 15%, number one, you should be all over them screaming down their throat of like, what do you like? I need to be able to market your products. I need to be able to, um, pay my team in order to like, put out the content that's going to bring you more sales. Like I'm doing you a service here. And so like, we need to work together on this, but you're right. John. I yeah. think we're saying the same thing in two different ways. Like we often do. Yeah. yeah. Those gold suppliers are like the first ones I'm going to target on the, on those lists to get that information. I, I, I'm going after the big names in the brand in, in the niche rather. Yeah. I, I guess what I'm, yeah. I mean, you're right. And I guess what I'm saying is I don't decide who's a gold supplier until I've actually worked with them. Like I just, I, I think it's just counterintuitive to say, I'm going to, I'm going to lump people in to, and, and sure, if it's just for the order of calls you're going to make, then fine. But like, I'm just like, you've got a list. Why wouldn't you call every single person on that list and get them on board to your business? Why would you say, I'm going to stop now? I don't understand. Like until you've definitively like ruled, either ruled people out completely or you've got everybody on. This is what I'm saying to people. That's what you should be doing. Don't go, oh, I've got a few brands. Now I'm going to kick my feet up and launch my business and expect that everything's going swimmingly because I would challenge, I would challenge anybody who ever listens to this podcast to show me a market where every brand sells equally, where you have like five or more brands on your site and you sell products from every single one of them in volume. Seriously. And, and you've got like a spread from your market. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. I've looked at so many of these businesses, hundreds, and I have never seen that once. Not once. It's always the sales come from a handful of the brands that the person has on their site. And so it's entirely easy. And I've seen this so many times. People put a few brands on their site. They go, oh, this niche doesn't work. I'm going to go and start a new store. And it's like, whoa, 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 back the fuck up. Right? Put the brakes on here. You haven't done the work yet. Get back on the phone, put another 10 brands on your site and tell me that two of those don't sell well for you. That's what I'm saying. This How is where you, people get stuck. So when you when you have a beginner with with five brands on there and they're spending, I don't know, 30, 20 dollars a day on ads and they're just not seeing conversions and you're seeing it's the right traffic, right? Like they're getting the right keywords even for those brands. Um, how do you get over the hurdle of them like feeling defeated? and probably feeling the pinch of money at the same time. Well, I mean, we're still with those people. We'll still work through like work through 
things like around their offer. We'll look at their competition, look at what they're doing. We'll look at their site. Are there holes in your site that might be preventing conversions from happening? But sometimes, and this is the thing, this is why some brands work better than others, right? Some brands are being offered in your market in a way that you can't compete with. And so, yes, you'll get the right traffic, but you can't make sales. And there might not be anything you can do about that. Here's the hard truth, right? Sometimes you have competition that is too good for you at that point in time. Like nobody wants to say it because it sucks to hear, but sometimes that's actually true. Some markets you'll find people who are buying the products at a lower price than you can, and they're offering it at a lower price than you can, right? Now, ideally with MAP, that doesn't happen, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's often the case. Some people just have really great competition that's blowing it out of the water on certain brands, you know, and, and initially you may not be able to compete with it. Right. So, and it might be just sometimes it's just the case that you can pick up some other brands that other people aren't focusing on so much and make some sales there. It's difficult. I can, I can imagine being in that position. It's frustrating. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it is. It is frustrating. And look, I mean, uh, you know, when it comes to somebody who's a bit new in their experience and like, how do you, how do you talk to them about that? Well, I mean, I will talk to them about examples of where I've seen, um, this this stuff change, but uh, you know, uh, like I'll just kind of walk people through. Like you haven't completed the work yet. Like, but I mean, I'm not. I, I don't take the approach of coddling people. Like you're in business. If you're going to be lazy, then you're not going to succeed. I mean, straight up. Like if you haven't done the work, don't expect the results. If you've only called a handful of suppliers or if you sat there emailing them, you haven't done the work. So you don't deserve the success, right? I mean, that's just how it works. That's why there's never too much competition in e-commerce because the majority of people get in and they don't do the work. So they don't get the success, they drop out and, well, it's a shame, but sometimes it's a good riddance kind of thing, you know? More for the people who are prepared to do the work. I thought you were going to save this soapbox stuff for your solo episode. <laughs> uh, you can stop me at any time, mate. <laughs> no, it's all good. Like, uh, it's just, yeah, it's harsh, right? Like, um, and oftentimes, you know, I'm going to see some mistakes in Google ads, but it's the truth. It, it's, it's, uh, the people are thinking very short term. Um, they're, looking for a reason for it to not work as well because then it proves their story right but you know winding it back to the mindset stuff uh, oftentimes you will create your own self-sabotage you won't do all the work so that when it doesn't work you can quit and say well i didn't really i didn't give it my all anyway so that's that's why it didn't work um but you're right john i, I would say most of the time this is is people who are just not putting in all of the work but you know to to, to play devil's advocate on the other side i, I can hear people saying I don't know what the next thing to do is, right? And and that might be a problem with what is on the market currently of how to take the next steps. Uh, and, and, you know, I would hearken back to what we, we probably say on literally every episode is like get a coach or join a real mastermind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that is a big part of it. And I mean, I, I guess that can kind of sound a bit self-serving because both of us do have people who pay us in various ways to help them with these things. But I'm not suggesting you need to talk to me or Ben. I mean, I couldn't care either way, but um, like, yeah. I mean, if you really want to shortcut working this stuff out, 
it's go and learn how to do it properly. Um, because unfortunately in this space, there are, you know, there are people out there who are educating people in various ways that while I wouldn't say they're, they're not telling you the truth, they're just not showing you the full story often behind either because they don't know themselves or because they're just not um, behind some of the things that you need to do when you're in this situation to turn things around. Right? And it's just plain missing from some of the programs and, and coaching things and whatnot I've seen out there in the space too. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's a large part of the answer is to, to go out and, and, you know, just from, from wherever you can. I mean, you, you might just have a buddy that you've met that's done it before that, you know, has done great. And um, even just having, you know, some informal chats with them, get them to look at what you're doing and give you some advice. I mean, that's, that's still way better than nothing. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it is difficult if you're just sitting there by yourself, you know, wondering what do you do next? I mean, the, the, it's difficult to work that out by yourself. I mean, there's going to be a lot of trial and error there, honestly. And like, I was like that in the beginning. Um, you know, when I first started, I mean, I used to talk with people who were at my level at that point in time, like people like yourself and a couple of other people. Um, that's cool. And it's cool to network with people like that, but that's not actually going to help you grow. People who are at your level aren't going to tell you how to go to a level beyond where you're at because they haven't been there yet either. They're great support and, and it's great to talk to those people because it's a lonely ride. But, um, and so I don't want to discourage people from having those sort of, those sort of mastermind groups, but you do need to be interacting with people who are at a hot, who have been there before and have gone past that. Um, if for nothing else, just to save you the headache of having to work it all out yourself. But I'm probably speaking to the, the preaching to the converted because that's why people are listening to this show, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. You're right. We coach people on our own, but like, I do feel like there's st something still missing there. Like one-on-one -on -one calls are great. I do feel like there's some some group coaching needed. I know you offer that in your course, uh, and you and I have tossed around the idea of a mastermind as well. I think you can get you can get real deep um, when you when you do a smaller-ish mastermind. Um, and, and, you know, you charge appropriately so people feel like they're committed. And uh, if you can get them in person, you can work on some of that mindset stuff and you can work on some of the uh, the business stuff and, and build real relationships. And I, I, that's what's changed my life is, is getting in those rooms. And so uh, it's probably something I, I need to put together and, and make an offer on at some point. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so yeah, look, but I mean, I think that's it. Like, I mean, you know, to sort of uh, summarize some of that, comp that conversation, like when things aren't, you know, when, when you're not seeing the results yet, you've got to just sort of work through, look at your traffic first, make sure that's working. Look at your offer next, make sure that's where it needs to be. And ca can there be other things that you can offer to your market that people might be likely to buy? And can you get them on, on your site? And then lastly, look at your site design, you know, things like that. I mean, that's probably the, a lot of people think, oh, maybe my site design is not good enough. And that's like, this is well proven in marketing that, you know, a great design doesn't sell a crappy offer, right? A good offer can sell with a crappy design. Um, so design is, 
usually the last thing that it's going to be and it rarely is it the thing that's going to change things significantly sometimes it is some people do have truly horrible sites that just don't work well i've seen that um but more often than not it's actually what's communicated on the site so people might have a great offer in mind or something like that but they're not communicating it well on their site so sometimes you can look at that uh, as well in this situation like uh, are, are, are you doing something that you're not actually telling people you're doing on your site properly like people just aren't seeing it like you could have a great offer but if people don't see it on your site you know it doesn't exist so that that's kind of the the steps that i take people through commonly and and going through those three steps we usually uncover you know a bunch of things that they can they can take off and work on to start you know <clears throat> you know, being more consistent with their results, improving their profit margins, all that sort of stuff. Well, looking ahead at the the sheet here, John, I see that uh, next week, uh, perhaps, uh, assuming there's no baby involved here, we're going to dive into my favorite subject, which is SEO. Um, I see like three, two in a row. Um, I'm going to guess it goes longer than two, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and then uh, 15, we're looking for some people to do possibly a we website teardown uh, or two, if that's something you guys want. Uh, you want to be ripped apart on, on one of these shows, please reach out. Uh, happy to. And then it uh, looks like you got a live Q&A listed in here too. So we're going to have to figure out that technology but uh start dropping those those questions in the facebook group um and that, we'll see if we can figure out how to do this live q a it looks like it's three four weeks down the road here but we will figure it out we'll do them live and, and and then you can bounce ideas back and forth with with us in in live time uh and we're still looking for how to grow this thing um and so just literally off the top of my head i charge 500 bucks an hour for coaching uh if you refer five people if you can uh I don't know how we're going to be able to track this, but if you can show you referred five new people to the show, I will give you a, a free hour of my time. Um, so if you're interested in that and you can figure out a way to send people and you know, when they sign up, just have them leave a message with it when they sign up saying referred by uh, your name. If you get five people, I'll, I'll give you an hour of my time and um, I'll shred your website one-on-one uh, -on -one rather than on the podcast. Yeah. And, and when, it's, when, it, when I say website teardown, that doesn't mean we're going to be mean either. I'm going to be mean. <laughs> yeah, you're like that, though. Like People that, need to hear man. it, man. If you're volunteering for any of that stuff, though, reach out. Uh, and again, if you uh, if you can send five people our way um, or more, uh, I'll give you an hour per five people you send over. How does that sound? Um, we got to break into the to the other groups. You know, John and I came from a different community, and I'm not sure how to get in front of that community, but we have a, a lot of value to offer, and I think those people would be a great fit. And uh, I know, John, you're working on growing your course really hard. Uh, including some content I just made for you, and uh, uh, hopefully we can, you know, show those people uh, even more information as well. Awesome. Okay, see you next week. See you guys.